0: Welcome to Mint, the podcast dedicated to making spiritual things practical. My name is Aminta Geisler, and I'm excited to spend the next few minutes with you, talking about God's Word and applying it to real-life situations. The goal of this podcast is to inspire you and equip you to run the race of faith well, one practical step at a time. Because just like a weight is useless, if a person doesn't pick it up and do the workout— So faith will be useless if a person doesn't do the work of putting their spiritual knowledge into action. Together, let's go beyond learning into implementing, one practical step at a time. And let's grow stronger in our faith. Well, today on the show, I want to give you a life update. Every few months, I have my husband on the show and we do an update about the journey that God has us on. But today, the update is more mine. And so I am just going to talk to you and be really honest about how I've been trying to walk forward with strong faith in the face of adversity and at a time when I feel very weak. And I don't know about you, but sometimes for me, keeping faith when everything feels like it's falling apart, is not easy. And if I'm honest, I get discouraged when I pray and pray and pray, but God remains silent. And sometimes I even feel hurt when I can't understand His plan or I don't receive my healing or my miracle. And so as I've been walking forward the last four months, I've also been reading and studying all about Jesus and His miracles in the book of Luke. But because I have yet to receive my miracle, even though I've begged and I've pleaded, I struggle. I feel like I'm clinging to the edge of my faith sometimes with white knuckles and trying not to let go. Have you ever struggled with trusting God like that? So I'm going to be brutally honest today, and I'm going to talk to you about trying to walk forward in faith when it feels like everything is falling apart. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank you so much, God, for who you are and all that you have done for us. Lord, today will you give us eyes to see you, ears to hear you, and hearts that are open to growing and learning and becoming more like you. Father, we just thank you. In your name, amen. Okay, so. I just want to share a little bit about my journey and what God has been teaching me and showing me during this time. And those of you who have known me for a long time, and some of you are new, so I'm going to just share a little bit of my background. But those of you who have known me for a while know that I've had health struggles for about the last seven years. And about seven years ago, different muscle groups in my body would all of a sudden just quit working and doctors couldn't find anything wrong. And so I ended up at the Mayo Clinic doing tons of painful testing, not having any answers, trying drug after drug to no relief, and finally receiving a diagnosis of fibromyalgia. And basically that just means that I have pain all over all the time, but it also just means that my nerves misfire and send the wrong signals to my brain. And then because of that, muscle groups in my body react a certain way. And so Um, I, I really was in a bad place about seven years ago, got the diagnosis and then I got pregnant. And while I was pregnant, my body totally reset and I didn't deal with fibromyalgia symptoms or pain. And then a couple years later it came back and I started to struggle again, but then I got pregnant again and had Truett and my symptoms went away again. And I've had a few years of pain-free life, which is amazing. But then about January of this year, I started to feel it crashing back in. And what happened was, and I shared a little bit of this with you guys earlier, but I started to have really bad ear pain and severe vertigo. And so for about five or six weeks, I couldn't hardly drive. I couldn't walk. I could hardly function because I was so dizzy and couldn't get my balance. And then it just went away. And during that time, I also passed a kidney stone, which I wouldn't wish on even my worst enemy. And the unfortunate thing is that they found 11 more in my body and I was supposed to have surgery and then COVID hit. So I was already not feeling good. I was already having fibromyalgia symptoms. I call them a flare. I had all these kidney stones. I was waiting for surgery and then COVID hit and everything shut down. The whole world changed overnight. Doctors offices changed. And to be honest. they did not care that I was struggling because it wasn't COVID and that they weren't open for appointments like mine. And it wasn't safe for me to go to those places because I'm autoimmune compromised. And so all of a sudden I was left on my own and I had another flare and I know I have men and women listeners, so I'm going to gloss over this a little bit, but I flared this time in my pelvic floor and to, to just kind of paint a picture without saying anything, you have three functions down there. Um, For your body in your pelvic floor to go to the bathroom and girly functions. And none of those were working right. And the muscles down there, it was like they went into a big knot and spasmed. And so I was in pain all the time and it hurt to sit and it hurt to lay down and it hurt to walk and it hurt to hold my children. It hurt to exercise. I couldn't do any of those things without being pain. It was around the clock couldn't really see any doctors, called the mail Clinic. They weren't interested in seeing me because it had been too long and because of COVID. And so I was kind of on my own without any help and in the middle of a crisis, of COVID crisis. And, you know, trying not to have a pity party for myself because there was bigger things at stake. And then the whole George Floyd incident happened in Minneapolis, and then the following protests and the riots, and then uh, my children's grandpa passed away. And so there were so many things going on, and I had these health issues, and life was just really overwhelming, um, to be honest with you. And I stayed in the Word, and I stayed praying, and I stayed trusting, but I had moments when I was just totally depleted. I still do where I felt like I was going crazy because I, and I still have those days, but because I don't get a break from the pain because it's constant, because I can't just sit down and relax because it hurts. I can't just lay down and sleep because I'm in too much pain. And so I started a homeopathic treatment about six weeks ago and actually tested positive for Lyme's. And so while it's good to maybe figure out another piece of the puzzle, now I'm dealing with how do I fix limes, fibromyalgia, and my pelvic floor issues. And so um, you know, it has been an overwhelming time for me. And at other times in my life, when I hit overwhelmed times, those have been the times where my faith has not really done great. And I've shared that with you. And you can go back to earlier podcast episodes. If you do not know my story, you can listen to episode number one. Um, But when adversity hit big time and God did not answer me or fix it or heal it is when I walked away from my faith. And so I've tried to be really diligent this time that even on the days when God is silent and when I'm struggling and because I have not received my miracle yet, I have had days where I doubt and where I cry and where I call out to God or where I cry a mountain of tears, a river of tears, like, Lord, where are you? Why won't you help me? Why did you do this to me during COVID? And um, But day by day, I'm making it. And you know what has been ironic is the Lord always (laughs) uses the scriptures to teach me wherever He has me. And I saw that when I went through the book of John, and I saw that when I went through the book of Matthew, and now I'm in the book of Luke, and I have seen Him and watched Him speak to me through these chapters in this book that have become near and dear to my heart. And so I'm going to talk about that today that, you know, I want to be honest with all of you that I have had moments in the last couple months where my faith has been really weak and I've been physically weak and emotionally weak and my faith has been weak. And I have just wanted more than anything for God to heal me and receive my miracle. And I haven't understood why I didn't get my miracle yet, but I want to share with you what He has taught me in in these times, because I don't know where you're at, my friends, my listeners, my beloved listeners. I don't know where you are, but I know that there's some people out there that also have times of their faith where they don't understand what God's doing or where they have not received their miracle yet. And I want you to gain the encouragement that I have received from the Lord in this time, because I don't want to waste what God is teaching me. And so I've been reading the book of Luke and what is so interesting about Luke is that it's the story of Jesus and the display of his majesty through his life on earth. And so I'm reading about miracle after miracle, right? In Luke 7, he heals the slave of a faithful Roman officer. He doesn't even have to go to his house. The Roman officer has such faith that he says, "Jesus, just say the word. He'll be he'll be better. You don't even have to come over." And he does. And then he raises a widow's only son from the dead. And then in Luke 8, he drives out demons. And then this woman presses in and just touches his robe and is healed. And then she, even though she's been uh, bleeding for over 12 years, and then he raises another girl from the dead. So what felt ironic is that I'm reading about the God of miracles, right? Of the Jesus who can do any miracle, but yet I'm not receiving mine. And so most days as I read them, man, I would just cry. It was really painful because it's like, God, you have the ability to heal me. You have the power and the authority and the glory is yours alone, Lord. You can fix this, but you're not. And it was just, it was painful almost to read these stories because they got healing and I want healing more than anything. And I believe that God can do that with my whole heart. And so I had to wrestle with this dissonance, with my sorrow, and I just would pour it out to Him. And then at the end of it all, I tried my best to just say, but God, I love you and I trust you no matter what happens. Because that's what I believe is faith, is believing when you can't see, choosing to trust even when it's just crappy, choosing to worship when you're sobbing choosing to offer your life, even if that means walking through a really painful time. Man, that's gut check time. That is the arena of faith. That's the battleground. When you can praise God when it's difficult, because it's not so hard to praise God when it's good. I mean, when life is going good, it's like, yes, Lord, thank you, Lord. But when it's all falling apart, it's harder to praise God. And maybe for you, your battle isn't health. Maybe you're healthy, but you have a, a toxic relationship that God has not healed. Maybe your job is really hard. Maybe you lost your job during COVID and finances are a problem. Maybe you have crippling anxiety that keeps you in your house and you feel trapped. And God hasn't rescued you from that yet, even though you've cried out to him and you have been on your knees and you have been as faithful as you can. But how we respond in the valley is so important. That's where strong faith is built when we can choose to say i trust even though i can't see does your anchor hold you know i have a fun story about this my brother and his wife have a beautiful lake home and a few weeks ago we ventured out there and got to spend the day in their house and then out on the lake and it was 90 degrees and sunny and gorgeous and super windy and so we went out into the lake and we went into the co- a little cove to protect ourselves from the wind and we dropped anchor on their pontoon and before you knew it we had been pushed out by the wind back out to the lake in the middle of the lake. And so we went drove back to this little cove, dropped anchor again and it pushed us out. And it was too windy, the anchor didn't hold. And what I thought was so interesting about that is it felt like a picture of my life before, that my faith wasn't very strong and it didn't anchor me and so when the wind blew and the storms of life came, it didn't hold and I I was blown out to sea. But what I think this time I've been able to say is like, my anchor is holding. And it might not be pretty. I'm getting rocked by the waves and a little beaten up. But my anchor is holding. And so I, I love that I can see God working on my faith that way. I love that my faith muscles are, are being built. And even though it isn't perfect, I think God can handle our struggle. I think he can handle that I'm struggling and that I have days where I'm like, God, where are you? And there's a story in Luke I want to share with you today that leads me to, to say that, that I think God can handle our doubt in the really hard storms of life. I think he can handle it when we can hardly get words out or when we are crying and when we call out to him in distress, I think he can handle it. And here's why. There's a story in Luke, Luke 7, 18 through 28, and it is the story of John the Baptist. And I don't know how much you know about John the Baptist, but if there was ever a man who had a calling on his life, other than Jesus, it was John the Baptist. From the womb, from the conception in the womb, he was the man sent to prepare the way for the Messiah. And his whole life was intended. He was called, he was chosen, he was born, and then he prepared the way. He spoke of the coming Messiah, and he baptized people and got them ready for Jesus to come. So his life had purpose and meaning from the day he was born. Man, talk about somebody that was important to God and was born with a purpose. But John's life wasn't easy. I mean, he spoke God's word and he spoke it plainly. And sometimes that flew in the face of the kings and the religious leaders all around him. And so they did not always appreciate what John had to say. And so he found himself later in his life in prison, awaiting execution. Man, isn't that interesting? A man chosen and called by God, trapped in prison. And so this story that I'm going to read to you that has brought me so much comfort is how God responds to John when he's in this prison. So I'm going to pick up 7.18, if you want to join me, Luke 7.18, and I'm going to read from the NLT version, but it says this. The disciples of John the Baptist told John about everything that Jesus was doing. Remember, I shared with you that in chapters 6, 7, 8, 9, Jesus is doing all these wonderful miracles, right? So John the Baptist is sitting in prison, but his disciples come and tell him, man, Jesus is doing all these miracles. So John called for two of his disciples and he sent them to Jesus to ask him, are you the Messiah we've been expecting or should we look for someone else? Isn't that interesting? He's the man sent to prepare the way for Jesus, but here he is in prison asking Jesus, are you really who you say you are? So John's two disciples went, and they found Jesus. And they said to him, well, John the Baptist sent us. And he wants to know, are you the Messiah we've been expecting, or should we keep looking for someone else? At that very time, Jesus cured many people of their diseases, illnesses, evil spirits, and he restored sight to many who were blind. And then he told John's disciples, go back to John. Tell him what you have seen and heard, the blind see, The lame walk, the lepers are cured, the deaf hear, the dead are raised to life, and the good news is being preached to the poor. Tell him, God blesses those who don't turn away because of me. So in response to John's question, Jesus performs miracles and says those words. And after his disciples left, Jesus turns and he began talking to the crowds. What kind of man did you go to the wilderness to see? So he's going to talk to the crowds about John the Baptist Was he a weak reed, swayed by the breath of wind? Or were you expecting to see a man dressed in expensive clothes? No. People who wear beautiful clothes and live in luxury are found in palaces. Were you looking for a prophet? Yes. And he is more than a prophet. John is the man to whom the scriptures refer to when they say, Look, I am sending my messenger ahead of you, and he will prepare the way before you. And then Jesus says, I tell you of all who have ever lived— none is greater than John. Yet even the very least person in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. But listen to that. I tell you, of all who've ever lived, none is greater than John. And so I think I just want to share what that story spoke to me in my time. And Jesus says this in Matthew twelve twenty and in Isaiah forty ten. Jesus does not break a weak reed and he does not put out a a smoldering candle. When we are having times of weakness, Jesus responds in compassion. I mean, John the Baptist was a man of great purpose, yet when he was put in prison facing execution, he even had doubt. His sole purpose in life was to proclaim that Jesus was the Messiah, and he was sitting in prison awaiting execution, and he even had doubt. John Bloom, a pastor here in Minnesota, said this, Jesus responds with affection because he's familiar with John's sorrow and grief and the satanic storms that can break over saints when they're weak and alone. Jesus had compassion on John. And if he can have compassion on John, he can have compassion on me. Man, if even the strongest, greatest saints in the Bible can experience deep darkness and have doubt, none of us. Should feel like we are going to be immune. We are not going to be spared sorrow or oppression. Most of us, unfortunately, are going to suffer agonizing affliction at some point where we will feel hurt or abandoned by God. But the thing is, is that God loves us. Man, he loved John the Baptist. He had a purpose for John the Baptist, but suffering was in that plan. Just like God loves me, he has a purpose for my life, but there is suffering in the plan. And just like God and Jesus and his response has love for John the Baptist when he was struggling. God has love for me when I'm struggling. He hasn't abandoned me. I'm not being punished. Sometimes hardship is in the cards. And I just can't take that personally because if God allowed the greatest man who ever was, that's what Jesus said, right? If he allowed the greatest man that ever was to sit in prison and suffer and be beheaded, man, surely I can't be offended if I am allowed to suffer. And to me, that says miracles are not a sign of God's love because John never got his miracle, but God loved him. Jesus, Jesus had great love for him. And so it is not a sign of God's love for me if he chooses to not heal me. He doesn't break us when we're weak. He doesn't put out the smoldering candle when we're just about to go out. Man, he has compassion for us. He loves us. When John was struggling. Jesus responded, and then he turned to the crowds and he said, let me tell you what, of all the men who have ever lived, John is the greatest. He could have turned to the crowds and said, can you believe that? John the Baptist is questioning me. But he didn't. He had compassion on John and love. I just love that story because I think that part of the story, because I think it just, it spoke to me that it's okay if I have times of doubt. God can handle it. He can handle it. The second thing is that... What Jesus did in response is that he gave grace. And the way that he did that was he performed miracles and spoke words of encouragement, right? The blind see, the deaf hear, the lame walk. People were raised from the dead. And then he said, now go, tell him what you have seen. He gave John the grace he needed to keep going. Those miracles that display God's glory are what give us the grace to keep going. We just have to fix our eyes on them. And the third thing is that Jesus responded in love and affirmation. He had nothing but kindness to say about John. He didn't degrade him. He didn't shame him. He just had words of affirmation for him. And I think that that, that's just so powerful. You know, when I look back over my life, I have had many times where I have struggled and wrestled with God, and now I can see that He has responded in compassion to me. And this time, while I've been struggling, I think He gave me another gift too, and I'm going to read it to you. It's Psalm 77, and I think it gives us a clue about how we can respond on the days when we are in doubt, like John the Baptist was. I'm going to read this to you. Psalm 77, I cry out to God. Yes, I shout, oh, that God would listen to me. When I was in deep trouble, I searched for the Lord. All night long I prayed with hands lifted towards heaven, but my soul was not comforted. I think of God and I moan, overwhelmed with longing for His help. You don't let me sleep. I'm too distressed even to pray. I think of the good old days long since ended when my nights were filled with joyful songs. I search my soul and ponder the difference now. Has the Lord rejected me forever? Will he never again be kind to me? Is his unfailing love gone forever? Have his promises permanently failed? Has God forgotten to be gracious? Has he slammed the door on his compassion? And I said, this is my faith. The most high has turned his hand against me. Friends, I have felt that way. And then verse 11, here it is. But then, but then I recall all you've done, O Lord. I remember your wonderful deeds of long ago. They're constantly in my thoughts. I can't stop thinking about your mighty works. Oh God, your ways are holy. Is there any God as mighty as you? You are the God of great wonders. You demonstrate your awesome power among the nations. But then. And that was my clue. That was my practical step for moving forwards. The day that, the days that I have to cry out to God and I search and I am not comforted and I have doubt. I try to always come back to the, but then, but then I remember all you have done, O Lord. And when I look back over my life, God has been faithful time and time again to me, even when I wasn't faithful. The years that I wandered away, I can look back and see that he took care of me financially. He took care of me physically. He took care of me emotionally. He provided for my every need. And even though I was not faithful, the Lord was faithful. And every other time that I've had a fibromyalgia flare, I've been healed of it. And the times when we have needed him to come through, we have seen him time and time again. So even though I am in the valley, but yet I will still praise him. But yet I will still fix my eyes on who he is and what he has done. And so I will continue to trust because of the faithfulness I have seen in the past. Friends, if you find yourself in the valley today, I encourage you to just write down on a card, but yet, and then fill out the times in your life that you have seen God be faithful. Or if you struggle to do that because you're in such a bad place, write down the times in the Bible that God was faithful because the same God who was, still is, and He is to come. And when we remind ourselves of his faithfulness and of the works he's done before, we can find the strength to get, to keep going and to keep moving forward. But then, so I will continue to trust God. I will continue to worship through my tears. I will continue to wait in expectancy for my miracle because I know that I serve a God who is able to do exceedingly abundantly more than I could even ask or think. I will continue to pray for a miracle because He is the God of miracles, and I will continue to trust. Guys, I don't know where you're at today. I don't know if you are walking through a valley or if you are on the mountaintop, but I do know this. Bring it to Jesus. Bring it to the Lord and lay it at His feet because He can handle it. He can handle if you are a smoldering candle or a weak reed. He can handle your joy and he can handle your doubt, but he just wants you to come to him. And then once you've laid that at his feet, I firmly believe he wants us to just fix our eyes and say, but still, though my circumstances are hard, I will trust the character of the Lord. Though the ground beneath me give way, I will hold onto the anchor that is my God. Friends, he is enough. And he can meet you there, and he is not intimidated by your doubt or by your hard days. And he has compassion for you, and he has grace for you, and he has love for you to keep you going and turn you around. Before we end today, I just want to pray for you. And I hope that you will be praying for me too as I continue forward in this journey of learning how to trust when it's really hard. And also, if you could just pray that the right... Medical care and team would be given to me until the time of my healing. That would be so, I would be so thankful. But let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, thank you that you are a God of compassion and that you promise in your word that you are slow to anger and filled with unfailing love. God, I thank you that you can handle whatever we bring to you, Lord. And I thank you that you are more than enough. I thank you that you promise to sustain us and to carry us. And so, Lord, for everyone today who's listening, who's waiting still for their miracle. I pray that your spirit would descend upon them, that they would feel you like a mighty rushing wind, that they would be filled with your peace and your comfort and your strength and your hope until the day that they receive what you have planned for them. God, I pray that you would fill their lives with good things and that they would see evidence of your provision everywhere. Lord, I pray that they would be drawn into your word and on their knees to talk to you, that they might find the strength they need to keep going. God, I thank you that we can come to you with who we are and that you can handle it. And Lord, I thank you for the miracles that are coming, because Lord, we ask for that. We ask for your miraculous hand, but not for our own gain, Lord, to display your glory to the watching world for you alone are worthy of all of the glory and all of the honor and all of the praise. God, we thank you, amen. All right, friends, I'm going to keep you updated on my journey. I thank you so much for listening. We are having so much fun. We are coming up on a year of this podcast, and it is almost 30 episodes, and it's just unbelievable to see what God has done in a year. So thank you. Thank you to my faithful listeners for tuning in and for choosing to take that next practical step forward in your journey towards Christ. I promise you the reward will be great, and it will not be in vain Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to this episode of Mint. I hope you were inspired by what you heard and that you were able to clean some practical next steps to help you run the race of faith. Living according to God's truth isn't easy, but it's worth it. So let's do this faith journey together. I invite you to join us next time by subscribing to the Mint podcast so that you don't miss a thing. As always, I love hearing from you, so please visit my website, amintageisler.com, and leave me a comment, prayer request, or a follow-up question, and I will get back to you. Mint Podcasts are directed by Annie Ramirez, and we are a production of Reckless Abandoned Ministries, an organization that is focused on loving God and loving people. We are all about feeding bellies so that we can feed souls, and we invite you to join us in the pursuit of giving love away to those who need it most. Information can be found on my website. If you would like to support the work that we do here on the Mint Podcast, you can like and share it with your friends, leave a review on the Apple Podcast app, or share a screenshot on Instagram or Facebook and link it up with the Mint website.